1: Restrictions apply. Prime membership required for add-on subscriptions. See amazon.com slash amazon prime for details. You are listening to the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio.
2: What up? Good morning to you, Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio, the iHeartRadio Lab. I'm Doug Gantley, my guy Dan Byers alongside Jason Stewart, of course, on the ones and twos. And we are, you know, Dan, it's interesting. You and I both have, you probably more so than me, but we both have an infatuation with game shows, especially Price is Right. I know your Price is Right. And have you noticed that with holidays, it's like the Price is Right. Once you go over, there's no going back. Right? Like if I walked down the street today and I walked up to somebody and I said, hey, man, happy Thanksgiving. They'd look at you like you had three heads, right? (laughs) Or if I walked up today and I said, hey, Merry Christmas. Like, uh, you know what? Merry Christmas to you, too. Both are very cordial greetings. They carry no, it's not like you're asking anybody for money. There's, there's, no, no, there's no nothing to it. But we are, you know, I mean, I don't know how many hours, depends on where you are, nine or six hours from Thanksgiving actually ending. But no one wishes anybody happy Thanksgiving. You by have, the way, you by the way then, better chance.
3: Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving to you. You'd have a better chance of getting a smile on August 3rd saying happy Thanksgiving <laughs> than today. It's weird, right? Yeah. It's the $1 bid. Yeah. How was your Thanksgiving? Good? Uh, it was good. Spent it at the Fox Sports Radio Studios for the afternoon and then uh, had a nice dinner with the family and watched the Seahawks get bludgeoned by the Niners. So that's right. that's basically what it was. Basically, I had the uh, almost exact same Thanksgiving as turkeys did on right. Thursday.
2: Uh, you live to tell about it. Yeah, that's it true. Little, little Fair enough. Little difference. People weren't picking at your body. Um I will tell you, I, I absolutely crushed uh, cooking the turkey this year. You know, I, it was a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure, right? My son was like, Dad, you can't burn the turkey. I said, well, we did not burn the turkey? He's like, Dad, come on. So I, I cooked the turkey on a smoker, and uh, that way I could just do everything else I wanted to do during the day, and it was, it was great. So uh, a, uh, a, a smoked turkey for, for Thanksgiving was well, On the was, egg? Uh, I did do it on the big green egg. Yeah. All right, did the big green egg, and then I had a, I made a ham too, like a backup was a ham, um, just because you know the kids they don't always like it, and the ham was a was a hit as well. Hams are so much easier, right? They're like pre cooked. You put some, you put this drizzle on, and then like fifteen minutes later, it's perfectly encrusted, and that that thing was great too. Uh, Jay Stew, how was your Thanksgiving?
4: It was pretty amazing in that I stayed disciplined. I almost never stay disciplined when it comes to this stuff, and I feel really good right now, like. I thought I would show up to this shift today a little uh a little, you know, I don't know, engorged and and needing to uh needing to deal with it all day, but I feel good right now. I couldn't be in a better frame of mind to start this Dan Patrick show,
2: to be honest, Doug. Wait, so you maintain you're talking about like your diet? Like you, you
4: Yeah, I, I, I am uh I overeat and that's that's always been an issue of mine. And my sweet tooth I you know I stuck to just two pieces of pumpkin pie and for me that's that's doing a very light dessert. Um and I think that's why I'm feeling so good right now.
2: I did not do dessert. I did eat, but I, my problem was I was cooking and with my kids and with my mom and we were picking all day and so that would be where, you know, like uh that that would be where my I'm still full. You know, last night um I finally got my daughter to watch the Sixth Sense with me, one of my daughters. I, I love that movie. Here's what I love about that movie. I just love how people's brain works when they're watching the movie. Me, I was completely surprised by the ending. And I know it's like 25 years old. Um, But I, I know other people that they know the ending before, and they're like, oh, yeah, I I know what happens here. And so I just, that, that was really my, my purpose for it. Anyway, my point was, like, she breaks out some Cheetos, some, you know, kids, I don't know if... Uh, Jay, I mean, your, 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 son, he's, he's like my kid's age, right? He's old enough. I don't know if he does this. They eat these hot Cheetos. Like, dude, I can't eat that crap. Anyway, I was like, how are you possibly eating more food? I can't eat for a week. She's like, yeah, I don't know. I'm just, just kind of hungry. Anyway, um, she did, she said she sort of knew, but didn't know. She didn't guess it out loud. Anyway, let's get, let's get to what you were talking about, Dan. Where, for people who don't know, Dan Byer, avid, rabid Seahawks fan. And why don't we work backwards? Because I want to talk about the Cowboys. I want to talk about the Packers more than the Lions. But it's one of those, and you know, I, I know there's recency bias. But can we come to any sort of conclusion that the Niners best is the best in the league? Like, are you okay with that? Dan I am on board with that. Yes. When they are
3: at the top of their game, no one beats them. Their when best he- beats he- your when, best. When they're healthy. Yeah, yeah. And that would when be the, yeah, that would be that would be their best. Every team's got injuries, but when the Niners are cooking, there is not a team in the NFL that can beat them.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with you. And I think they thought that last year. Um, and that feels like they've gotten better because now they've had McCaffrey for a longer period of time. They've been able to some, tweak some things offensively. Now they are with their, without their safety for the rest of the season. So that we'll see how that affects them. You know, if in fact they play, uh, if in fact they play, for example, the Eagles, I think the big challenge is going to be, you know, who can avoid playing both the Cowboys and the Eagles? Like it, it makes sense that I, I, all of us, I think are still of the premise that the Cowboys are a notch below. I think the Cowboys are a notch below the Niners. And of course we saw them when they played earlier this year and Dak didn't play well. Maybe Dak plays better. It's a closer game, but if you are the Niners, can you avoid playing the Cowboys and Eagles in back-to-back weeks? That's the, that's going to be the challenge, right? And I don't. In terms of playoffs, we still don't know there's a lot of games to be played. Right now, the, the Eagles are the number one seed. San Francisco's the number two seed. Dallas will be the four seed. That's now Detroit at the three. But a lot of dust. I think that's the real challenge here is I, I believe they're better than the Cowboys. I believe they're better than the Eagles when they're healthy. I don't know if you can beat the Cowboys and the Eagles in, in successive weeks if all things are equal. Just the attrition of it. That that That's, that's the only thing holding me back is injuries made them look Beatable this year, and the likelihood of injuries and wear and tear if you play those two games in back to back weeks. I don't like the Lions. What you saw from the Lions yesterday is is I think what you're going to get. They have a very good offensive line. Um, their quarterback is you know obviously yesterday he wasn't, but he's steady and gets rid of the ball. He's he's Matt Ryan 2.0. I'm, I I can't remember who said that earlier this year, but but that that's what he is. And the defense isn't great um and and they do a lot based upon effort um i think they execute pretty well they're kind of to me they're they're comprised differently but i think a lot of what they do is a lot like the tennessee titans where they're gonna be good in the regular season you know they play super hard they you know they get more out of their talent than maybe they should but they're not going to a super bowl the detroit lions aren't going to super Bowl much like the titans not this year but in previous years where they'd be a nuisance in the regular season, maybe they'd win a game in the postseason. But at the end of the day, Ryan Tannehill, limited offense—you're just not winning games in the postseason. That's how I view the line. So, anyway, let me circle back around. I I think that the the challenge the Niners is, man, can they beat the Cowboys and Eagles in successive weeks in the playoffs?
3: Well, the good news is, Doug, at least for San Francisco in the in this scenario, is if they end up overtaking the Lions, and even if if they don't, the Cowboys would be the five seed if the Eagles win the division. So what happened last year was the Giants went and beat Minnesota. So the Giants, who were the six seed, actually then faced top seeded Philadelphia. So that's that's how the Cowboys fell in the Niners' lap. And this year, I don't think any of the—I mean, the Seahawks right now are in the playoff picture, but there is a decent chance they don't make the postseason— and I'm not sure any of the other teams in the in the NFC would be able to pull the upset over the Lions or over the Niners, or you know to to change the bracket. You would actually basically have to beat the Lions, and that would allow the Cowboys and then Niners to to face off if the Eagles were to get the number one seed. And I just don't think that those other teams in the league are good enough. So that bracket could hold up in that way. But yeah, I agree with you that the Cowboys. Right now, for as great as they're playing, they're beating a bunch of bad teams, and you still have to get over that hump of beating a really, really good team. They'll get a chance against the Eagles um in a couple of weeks, but you have to get over that hump
2: yeah and and look there's the thing the difference in the n f c and the a f c is there's just a clear separation between the three best teams and everybody else, right. And, and I know record-wise, you sit there and go to the Lions, and maybe we're overreacting to yesterday, but I, I don't think so. I think those are the three absolute, absolute really? best things.
3: Mm. I I'm still believe in the Lions in the fact that I just think they got into this dog days of summer part of the season. I think the season is so long right now that you just kind of, you'll hit this bit of a rut for a couple of weeks, and I think the Lions are in it right now. I, I, for some reason, I just feel that they've they still have something. I don't know. How, I, how do
2: you explain the Baltimore game?
3: I thought that that was a one off, and <laughs> so, now a, so maybe the rut went a little bit longer than I thought. I think no, they come out of the tunnel. I, th- I I do think that they have pieces offensively, defensively. Uh, yeah, it just doesn't. You know they had two division opponents this past week. It was just a bad week. Okay. Do you believe in the Packers now? No, but I do. I am impressed with how they played yesterday. They could have just as well lost to the
2: Chargers last week. No doubt. People, so, people, people miss on that. Now the Lions could have lost to the Chargers too. By the way, but they didn't because they're the Chargers. But anyway. Sure.
3: Yeah, sure. But that road win better than the I think Packers home win that uh that they had last week i green bay is in a spot right now where they very well could make the postseason with the seahawks faltering and i don't know if the falcons or rams are going to be able to to pressure them but i would say in a rematch of detroit against green bay i would still pick detroit
2: yeah i no no question there but i think there's a I'm just of the mindset. There's a clear separation in the NFC. Sure. like yeah, that's fair. Like the okay. Niners, Eagles, Cowboys are much better than everybody else, and so it's that. That's why we're seeing the scores that we're seeing. I don't know if it's as much indicative of the Cowboys being that good as much as the, the middle to bottom of the NFC being that bad. That would be. That would be my. Uh, that that would be my. And and I think that if you look, one of the that's one of the reasons, for example, the AFC North, why all three of those teams have uh above 500 records despite the fact that i think what three of them two of, three of them have lost their quarterback for the you know two of them lost their quarterback for the year and the other ones can cat can he pick it, right <laughs> it's because of who they cross over against right they're beating the, they're just beating the, the tar off of the nfc teams they they cross over against um so i don't know it's it's a the the takeaway is the the niners best is the best and that that look that creates obviously expectations they walk in with a ton of confidence but it also is one of those if they don't do it this year like man like last year how many times have they been knocking at the door and last year obviously i mean you can't plan for that you you go through four quarterbacks you know on your way to losing in philadelphia um but if you don't do it this year, how long can you keep this collection of talented players together? Because at some point, one, everybody wants too much money. But two, I mean, you're going to have to pay your quarterback at some point. That's really kind of the secret to it. They pay their quarterbacks nothing. Nothing. And, and they've drafted really well. And they also, like, it's a unique way in which this team has been built, right? When Garoppolo got hurt, they were terrible. And they drafted incredibly well. They got obviously got Nick Bosa. And then they got Debo Samuel. That's the same draft. And that was they were still putting together a really good roster. And now they added two absolute stars. You know, one of the best defensive players in the NFL. And then, you know, an elite, I don't know if you want to call him wide receiver, just playmaker in Debo Samuel. So they've had a couple of things go their way while other things have not. Injuries have befell them season after season. Um, and you know some quarterback play issues, but most of those were injuries. But those injuries one time, you know, gave them a chance to draft so well. And now the injuries last year obviously hurt them from beating the Eagles. But it's the, and, but they found this kind of diamond in the rough in a quarterback that makes zero money. I mean, that's when you combine guy when you, when you compare a team and a roster like how have they been able to put this together? It's so glaringly obvious, right? That one drafted pretty relatively well. Very well in some spots. But two, I mean, you have a quarterback making less than a million dollars, and other people have quarterbacks making, you know, on the books for 60, 70 million dollars against the cap this year. Of, of course, that's why you can build a better roster.
3: Of course. They're also best players at certain positions are best in the league. Yes. Trent Williams, best left tackle. Christian McCaffrey, best running back. Yes. Fred Warner, best linebacker. Nick Bosa, maybe best pass rusher. Like, there's. They're best of the best in a lot of spots. And then you, listen, you hit on Brandon Ayuk, and I know he's a first-round pick, but not all first-round picks end up cashing in. You know, you're just talking about the success of Bosa and Debo Samuel. You know, Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay wanted Brandon Ayuk. And, uh, boy, what a difference that would have made. So they've also, you know, they've made other selections that have worked and— by the way, it does help when you can make the deals to bring in Christian McCaffrey, yeah. Chase Young. You know they yeah. brought in Randy Gregory earlier this season. Uh and so you're getting after the quarterback. It's really it's really amazing, but still they to your point, they do have to get over that hump of beating Philadelphia because it was not a given that even if Brock Purdy was healthy, they yeah. would have beaten Philadelphia last year. No, they they so,
2: they believe they would have but yeah. it, it it didn't actually hasn't actually happened. By the way, Chris Perfett is on on the ones and twos today. For people who don't know, he hosts a Lions pod. Um, where are you on your team today?
5: So I think Dan was onto something. As far as the Baltimore game, I feel like that was a lot more on the defense. I actually thought the defense wasn't their main problem on the Thanksgiving game. Like they, uh, it looks bad at the first thing because they gave up two uh, touchdowns quick, but then they only had nine points after that, and the offense just completely fell apart. I think they were like seven for fifteen on third down conversions. So they were in 15 third downs. Then they're one for five on fourth down conversions. It they The offense really just, I think, was the bigger problem there. We've now had two games of Jared Goff looking very shaky with ball security, and the pass protection obviously didn't help him at all there. I still think, I I want to say it's a small stretch for them and they'll get it right. I almost feel like this game was probably what they needed because they escaped with a lot of these same problems from the Bears game. But I feel like after you take this loss, you get a guy like Dan Campbell who can, you know, kick these guys in the teeth a little bit and wake everyone up from the issues they've been having. So yeah, yeah but I'm like,
2: yeah. like, look, are we really going to retract what we all think of Jared Goff? Right? He like, had uh, a
5: unbelievable stretch with no turnovers. And now he's hitting. The but but listen, the, the,
2: the no, the, you, no, not really. Like the no turnovers is because he won't let it rip like the whole reason the Rams moved on was they were just frustrated that they'd dial stuff up and he'd you know he he go he go dump it off and he just wouldn't let it rip and some of the things he couldn't see developing and, and that's it I mean again I'm I'm not saying he's bad but there's just a ceiling there and I mean you hold that the I mean forever I think people are going to sit there and go like dude you hold Tom Brady to 14 points and you can't win the Super Bowl. And that's the, the Rams will mutter to themselves. as They walk around their offices on a daily basis. If we didn't have Jared Goff, only because he's super, super conservative. And so they're not turning it over while it's important. And obviously, you know, it's the old board games are lost and won, and turnovers are the easiest way to. There's just a limit to who he is, you know, and I, I that's why I thought I thought the Matt Ryan comparison was perfect. Because he's good, he's not bad. He's not a bad quarterback. He's not a bad human being. He doesn't throw a bad ball. He's just not great. He's just not one of those other dudes. And when they get behind early against the behind early against the Ravens, they get behind early yesterday. Like that's just not a guy that's gonna gonna load everybody up and and go win a game for
3: you. I, I will say two quick things about the Lions. I do agree on the defense portion because that is also what turned around their season last year. They actually had a formidable defense in the second half of last year. The other thing is is in the reality is for as great of a story as they are, they don't live in the same world as Philadelphia, San Francisco, and Dallas in expectations.
5: They're a clear tier down. They want to win a playoff game this year, but but they're not for the Super Bowl. Yeah,
3: Yeah, that's the point of like the expectations, the pressure of those three other teams. Yes not what the Lions are feeling no
2: question but part of that is because the talent is so much better on those three teams like like we're I think we're all in agreement like the other three teams are better I think we'd all put the Cowboys as, as a third as a third of those three my, my sure. wrong okay and then the Lions are the best of the rest it's a great story but I I think you know when you play the elites of the league and or even you play on a standalone game and you look like that you start to go like you know they're really good it's fun it's awesome Dan Campbell's turn this thing around, but turning it around does not make you a Super Bowl contender.
5: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my! Look at that! He is...
7: Include their own unique mini games like digging for treasure or a robot pachenko machine. And there's always new timed events that will help you win big, like massive multipliers for everything you win or rent frenzies.
6: There's always something fun to discover in Monopoly Go. So get off the bench and go download it for free right now on Google Play or the App Store. Game on.
2: Good morning to you. Dan Patrick Show, Fox Sports Radio, iHeartRadio app. Welcome in. Hope you're having just the best Thanksgiving weekend got to see family, friends, you got to eat well and just enjoy all the freedoms that uh, have been given to us by so many who have come before us. With uh, Dan Beyer, I'm Doug Gottlieb, Jay Stu, our esteemed producer alongside my man Chris Perfett on the ones and twos. Uh, later on this hour, we're going to be joined by Jared Smith. He's our Fox Sports Radio betting analyst and I don't know how many of you have ever seen this Um I, I can't tell you that I hold like betting lines in my like I remember back in, you know, 85. When, no, I, I, I just don't have that sort of memory. I can't remember a game with a lower total than Nebraska-Iowa, 24 and a half, which comes up later today. We'll talk college betting lines and, uh, and picks with Jared Smith upcoming this hour. Plus, more of Hallmark or Off the Mark. If you enjoyed it last hour, you'll really enjoy hour two of it at the end of this hour. Um you know it's interesting Dan you had a thought on Mike McCarthy which I don't want to steal your thunder but we do we have a tendency when the Cowboys play well to heap so much of the praise on Dak but you said what about your thought was what on on Mike McCarthy I think that he
3: is an easy target to place blame on but when the Cowboys are doing well he gets none of the praise none whatsoever and They made, obviously, a change moving on from Kellen Moore. He's now with the Chargers, and McCarthy's taken over the offense himself. And now it's one of the top offenses in the National Football League. They're scoring the most points of anyone in the National Football League. And granted, they're playing against bad teams, but I think that there is praise going around, and it's all going to Dak Prescott or it's going to man they figured out a a way to to make CD Lamb work. Look at the emergence now of Brandon Cooks and Mike McCarthy just doesn't get any of the credit whatsoever. Not even mentioned as a possible reason on why maybe the Cowboys are cooking right now. And I just I don't necessarily think it's fair.
2: Um no, it's it's not. I mean, I I can tell you I, I watch and listen as much as you do and when things weren't great, it was uh, Mike McCarthy, same old West Coast offense, everybody knows it, 30-year-old stuff or whatever. Now all of a sudden it's dominating and no one says a word about McCarthy. I would, I would agree with you. Um, I, think, I think where he's left himself uh, open to criticism is some of the decisions in key moments or the lack of decisiveness in key I mean, like, look, just take the Eagles game and how they just didn't appear ready for that moment on the last drive. You know, when time was tight, like I thought the plan of, if you remember Dak Prescott drew the Eagles offsides, got them to the six yard line. Like I thought that was incredible coaching, whether it was Dak or whether it was him, whoever it was, just so oftentimes you get into a big game, big stretch in the game, and and offenses are scared to try and draw the defense off because they think their own guys are going to jump that wasn't the case there they get the, but then they just completely came apart at the seams and the the time management stuff i think is what gets him in trouble you know the decisions in those big games that's what gets him in trouble i'd agree with you they do look beautifully coached on offense the play calling is is working Dak's playing his best football all that stuff deserves praise but i think it has to come with the balance of there have been key moments where the other head coaching stuff he hasn't done as well as he should, considering the vast amount of experience he has.
3: I I think that's fair and I think that is the case. It's just funny how none of it goes. Like even like I think we are really, really hard on Dak Prescott, where we are critical of him when the Cowboys don't perform, when they're not making plays. We are very critical of Dak Prescott and wonder about his future. But in that same breath, as I just mentioned, we are talking about how good Dak has looked. And we don't even we don't even give a peep to McCarthy in saying any of this. So his game management may stink in time management and their last two losses to the 49ers in the playoffs and not getting the spike in time. Uh, in in their home game, and then the, the the play calling and and seeing Zeke Elliott get crushed, you know late late in that Niners loss, those are all things of boy, you do not excel in these situations. But there's not even a a tip of the cap that maybe maybe the lines of communication with the Cowboys are smoother. They also had an adjustment period moving on from Ezekiel Elliott this year, and now they've not that they've figured out how to unleash Tony Pollard but Rico Dowdle has come in and has been a pretty good backup to Pollard and scored their first touchdown yesterday. So there's there's enough there where I think that you could point to McCarthy and say, "You know what? He's done a really good really good job with this offense so far, but we just we never ever give him any credit and when it's bad, we see, yeah, see. This is why Aaron Rodgers couldn't stand it in Green Bay." So I just I, I think that it's interesting and, and I'm and I'm looking at the T V screens and I'm seeing cowboy, you know, logos and it's all Dak Prescott in it. Is Dak playing the best football of his career? Is the question posed on the screen.
2: Well, if he is, then who do we give that credit to? How often do we actually give NFL credit to coaches? I think I think like Mike McDaniels gets a lot of credit. Um a lot more credit than others. I think Kyle Shanahan get, well, can get credit now, Kyle Shanahan can get a lot of blame too um, but I, I do think part of that is the position part of that is that's, that, that's why so many of these college coaches can't succeed in the NFL because, um, because in the NFL it is about the players, it's not about the coaches unless things go bad and then it's the coach's fault
3: I'll tell you what, in, in Seattle at times we're saying, man, what a great what, look at what Pete Carroll's doing and now, this morning, I don't know how many people, I mean, maybe in Seattle they're saying it, but they're like, what is Pete Carroll doing? Um, you know, I think that when 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 teams with certain coaches, and I think the coaches that you mentioned were right, I think Shanahan is, is the most with it. But there, we do give head coaches credit. We give Dan Campbell credit for turning around the culture with the Lions. Ben Johnson's the one that's running the offense and doing what they do, but we give Dan Campbell credit as well. So it's not it's not completely foreign to give credit to the head coach in the national football league.
2: Here's, here's, here's what I, this is my honest belief. And I think the parts that we've nailed on McCarthy are actually fair and true about most of these guys. And you mentioned Dan Campbell, like Dan Campbell's awesome at motivating Dan Campbell's great at, you know, cause because he, he, he has the respect of the locker room because he didn't play that long ago. and, he looks like them, sounds like them, feels like them. But Dan Campbell does not strike anybody. Like, everybody has a weakness. Even superheroes have a weakness. So he has Ben Johnson calling plays, who's a star play caller. Now, Ben Johnson's probably going to get a job this offseason. But there are things that he doesn't do well. Does he motivate? You know, it, does, does he have any idea on defense, on how to coach different things? You have to hire guys that know what you don't know and let them do their job. And that's really the challenge. Mike McCarthy is not good at that. Those game management end of game decisions. He is not the putting together an offense and, and the overall, the overall offensive scheme and the, and the, and the play calling it's really good. Like, I, I know that everybody went crazy about Kellen Moore and even the Chargers, they went crazy. They're like man, Kellen Moore, what a, what, what a like gift from God this is. But like, let's be honest last year with the, what they're doing with the Chargers, is what they did with the Cowboys last year. They marched the ball up and down the field, but red zone's not great, you know. So everybody has a weakness as a head coach; they just do. And I think what you're what you're nailing is, hey, McCarthy has a weakness. the 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 question is, is there somebody on that staff? Is there a way to empower people to do what he doesn't do well? That's that's the big challenge. Now, what if I offered this to you? A standalone game on. Thanksgiving Day, when you just obliterate the Commanders so bad that the Commanders, if you're just joining us, Jack Del Rio has been fired. They fired their defense coordinator and their DB coach the next day. Um, it makes you it. It's like um, like look, the, the Commanders they weren't great to begin with. Then you factor in you're playing in Dallas. Dallas is way more talented. You got rid of your two best. You know, defensive ends. So the the best thing that defense had was the ability to pressure the passer. That's now gone. Um you're starting an inexperienced quarterback who holds the ball against the team that in the Cowboys that pressures you. Like it's a stack deck. That game was over at kickoff. So it but it creates all of this Dak is playing great against inferior competition. This is a lot like, you know, some of these college football powers when they're playing against nobodies. And now all of a sudden they're running up, up against somebody who's got as good or better talent. And the expectations are how they've played against, you know, the Cardinals, how they've played against the commanders. The reality is how they played against the teams with running records, which has been subpar to say the least.
3: And it does, doesn't mean that there isn't a test for McCarthy, but they moved the ball against the Eagles. You know, I know they did last year too when they beat them, when Gardner Minshew ended up starting for him because Jalen Hurts was injured uh, late in the season in their matchup in Dallas. But you know, they they've moved it, you know, the football against better competition. But you're right, they need to do it, and McCarthy had, probably has to do it against the Niners, you know, or or do it in a big spot in the playoffs if they have to face Philadelphia in Philadelphia in the postseason. Those are the opportunities for for them to do it.
2: But. Hey, I got I got an exercise I want to do. Jay Stu, uh, can you open up your email? Perfect. Can you open up your email while you're working? Yeah. Okay. So everybody out on earth opens up their email and they have sales right on Black Friday. Which one is the... Like, just scroll for a second. And which one has you most... Treat? And by the way, there's a bunch of them that you're like, I completely... How did they have my email? Oh, yeah. Two years ago, I was in Montana. Oh yeah, 3 years ago I was I mean I have it it's really kind of impressive all the Black Friday sales. Buyer, what's the what's the what's the sale in your in- inbox that actually most intrigues you? <laughs> intrigues me? Yeah. Uh, you like, you know what, when I get home, I'm I'm going down this rabbit hole and I'm probably going to buy something today. Um
3: I I can tell you this. Uh well, I'll I'll say two things. I don't know if I'm going to buy any of this stuff, but I bought a Charlotte Hornets hat about a decade ago and I can now still get 30% off Charlotte Hornets gear. Uh, I went to the US Open at Chambers Bay in 2015 yeah. and I think I signed up for something there. I'd love to play it again. Um and I'm getting a Black Friday deal to play at the uh, the course just south of Seattle. So
2: Love that. Love that. Yes. I mean, if 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 in Seattle anytime very very soon, what about you, Jay Stu?
4: Um, there's this company, uh, I think it's a pharmaceutical company that I bought some pre-bio- prebiotics and probiotics from once. Uh, they're offering me a Black Friday deal to uh, for some more p- pills. And I don't know about you guys, but I can't think of a better gift to myself for the holidays more drugs? than regularity. Oh, okay. Just, yeah, just being regular. That, yeah. That's a great <laughs> gift.
2: <Yeah. laughs> fat?
5: Let's see. So I've got a message in here from Covered California, mostly because my current health care plan is apparently moving out of the marketplace. But I'm going to put that aside and put Wendell August. Oh, shout out to Wendell August Forge. They make these uh, really cool NFL uh, ornaments. But I think the one I'm most intrigued with, and I've been playing a lot of Dungeons and Dragons with friends lately. And there is something here from like a place called Cobalt Press that I'll probably dive into. Super nerdy. I
2: got the same ner- one. Uh okay, I'll go through mine here real quick. Uh, but there's a company called Rag and Bone. It's really expensive clothing, and it says up to eighty percent off. And it just when any time I see that, I'm like, how overpriced is your clothing that you can do eighty percent off and still make money?
5: So it's a lost leader just to get your name, and hopefully you'll come back. I guess. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Isn't that uh, the secret in Michael's?
3: Everything's like fifty percent off. Yes. <laughs>
2: Yes. Yeah. Just like, when I lived it, when I lived in, uh, I lived in Canton, Connecticut when I was working at ESPN and there was an Ethan Allen there. And the two things about Ethan Allen that we always joked about were one, when we, we walked in one day, it was like a, like a Wednesday, right? There's no one in the whole store and there's no salespeople around, like walking around and all of a sudden we were like line seven, Susan, line seven, line seven, Susan, and then all of a sudden, like Susan, like five minutes later, comes running out. They kept announcing line seven. Line seven meant that somebody's in the showroom. Like, put down your cup of coffee, put out your cigarette, and come back and help these people. <laughs> the The other one was, it, I I lived in uh, Burlington for three years and Canton for six. So the six years I lived in Canton, um, the the for the the sale sign never came down. And it was just like, what is the point of having this sign? Like, is it really that expensive to take this sign down? Take the sign down because it takes away from you. Drive by every day. There's a sale. It's exactly Michael's is like that. What's the Coles uh, is like that, right? Where Coles you walk in and you're like, man, these socks are expensive, and then you realize everybody has these Coles coupons, which are really half off. You know, then you get up to the register. They're like, uh, are you a Coles member? Um, I have Montana Whitewater. I have. Uh, Is that because you went whitewater yeah. rafting? Yeah. yeah. This yeah. past summer. Yeah, yeah. But I, let's see how far back I can go. Oh, I bought a sweatshirt from an alpaca place at least four years ago for one of my daughters. That that one. Yeah, I could I could get fifty percent off. I like the the probiotic. I think that would be. Hey. Uh, I... You look better, like, Jay Stu. Like, why are you feeling so much better? I got probiotics, really. You know, I got these on Black Friday, and they've really helped me. You can't even have that conversation with people without them just dying.
4: <laughs> exactly right. Oh, by the way, I must be, uh, I must be tapped into my, my medical team because my, my general practitioner has a Black Friday sale for, uh, for cosmetic surgery. So he's doing some side work, and uh, he's offering me some plastic surgery. So that would be kind of cool. A,
2: plastic, a Black Friday plastic surgery deal? Yeah.
4: I'm guessing that's not covered by our uh, iHeartMedia plan. Maybe get a Reminds, little, little work
2: know, on the, the, my nose or something.
3: King of Queens episode when Doug got Carrie the LASIK surgery from Vision Village and used a coupon. <laughs> <and> he,
2: <laughs> um, but, <laughs> by the way. For weeks. I mean, I gotta, I have a, this is a real question. Yeah. Didn't Bed Bath Beyond go out of business?
5: Uh, they did yes, yes. I think so I got I think, a bed
2: bath and beyond coupon
5: so I think what happened is someone bought the name of that company it was overstock and they're changing their branding to be the new bed bath and beyond oh
2: overstock I've, I've, I've yeah I've, I've probably have a coupon from them too I haven't bought from them in, but okay so that's so weird like I get 70% off bed bath and beyond like shouldn't it be 100% off don't you guys not have a company anymore this is so weird uh 20% off your entire entire order entire order, 70% off a thousand thousands of items. Welcome to Black Friday. Have any of you guys ever stayed up late and done the early morning Black Friday thing?
0: Once
5: no. and it was awful. My friend took me uh, my, my friend after Thanksgiving, I think it was like 3 a.m and we went to a Best Buy in Savannah. And there was maybe like three things and they were immediately grabbed. And I was like, never again. I'm not waiting in line for an hour just to buy a Blu-ray DVD that's left
4: over.
2: That's like a collector's item now. A A buyer, you've never done it? Nope, never once. Jay Stu?
4: I can't think of anything that is me less than getting in line early to, to get a discount on something.
2: I, I agree, but my only thing with you, Jay Stu, though, is is the the cynic, which is not an inner. It is an outward cynic in you. I just wondered if one time you would do it just so you could see what type of, of heathen are out there and make and forever make fun of them. Oh, that's a good point. No, no, I haven't done it. Maybe I'll do it okay. uh, yeah, today. Maybe, maybe, no, it's got to be next year. Oh, okay, okay, I, okay. I meant the all right. stay up on, stay up all night thing. No, that's what I was. <laughs> that's what I was. I was looking for. Uh, Dan Byer, Doug Gottlieb in for Dan, the Danettes, and the Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Huge college football weekend, which started yesterday, Egg Bowl, um, and of course continues on today and into tomorrow. We'll get you help on some bizarre lines and some, uh, and some rivalries that may be no more. That's upcoming next. <laughs>
1: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Dan Patrick Show
5: weekdays at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
3: Hey, what's up, everybody? It's me, three-time Pro Bowler LeVar Arrington, and I couldn't be more excited to announce a podcast called Up On Game. What is Up On Game, you ask?
2: It is the day after Thanksgiving, which means it's Christmas season. Hope you're doing well. Um, My man Dan Byers here. You should download his podcast. I want your flex. All your fantasy football needs. You'll hear him. I guess today is Friday. So you'll hear him Sunday. Sunday with George Reister. um, Right here on Fox Sports Radio. Jay Stu, my esteemed producer, is here. Chris Perfett on the ones and twos. Let's get after it. Um we had this thing about Jordan Love, right? And it's interesting. When he was drafted, and I'm not going to I'm I'm not I don't feel Dan, like I'm sharing any news that hadn't previously been shared, but I feel like it's gotten it's gotten minimized. When he was drafted, there were talk of it, there was talk of him creeping up in the draft. But generally, he was considered a developmental prospect, a guy who He'd only played two years of college football, one good year, one disappointing year. He had some traits they liked, but they were, it, it wasn't like you're going to draft a guy and plug and play him right away like some of these guys who are, who are more ready-made prospects. So even when Aaron Rodgers freaked out, it was like, what's he freaking out about? They moved up to get a guy who was in the mid-20s. Um, obviously, they took him because they thought somebody else was going to take him. Uh, but they, they moved up to get because the Packers view themselves as a franchise that we're never going to get a chance. We're like the Patriots. We're never going to draft in the top five, top 10, top five. So it's too hard to move up to get one of those elite quarterbacks. This was our best chance to get a potential replacement to Aaron Rodgers, who at the time appeared to be aging. Of course, the two years after that, he went and won MVP awards. But if the, again, that year, he didn't play particularly well, and he was pushing back against the new offense. So it stands to reason that now he's sort of ready. Um, and I guess I, I guess it's pretty obvious that he's had an inconsistent first year, which is what first years are generally like. Has your opinion of Jordan Love changed? Grant, they could have lost last week, but he did play well against the Chargers last week. They, they go and beat the Lions. They were beating him like a drum, and he three touchdowns, no interceptions. Has your opinion of the long-term status of Jordan Love changed at all?
3: Yes. Yes, it has. And it actually has changed twice this season because I believed in Jordan Love at the beginning of the year. I believed that the Packers were going to be a playoff team. And in week one of the season, that sure looked like the case. Granted, they were playing the Bears, but they looked like they didn't miss a step. And then some hiccups here, some hiccups there. Uh, Looked out uh, out of sort at times. I didn't believe in Green Bay, and then I got to wonder, you know, Jordan Love's been in this system for three years. We can't look at him like we would, say, uh, a rookie quarterback coming into the league this year in how we examine them. Heck, even second-year quarterbacks that we look at, or third-year quarterbacks. This is year four of him in this system. And so when we're judging everyone else, we're not judging him by the same standards. And I actually had a higher standard for him. But to now see what actually has transpired, basically in a week's time, Doug, because it was last Sunday, and then what happened yesterday, without a running game, and Aaron Jones has been hurt this year before. They've been they've been down Jones in the backfield. To see the emergence of the wide receivers that at a coming of age that Charles Robinson mentioned earlier, yeah,
2: I'm back on the Jordan Love train. Well, I, I mean, I think, look, if he can be, he does not have to be Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't have to be. Dak, you know, I mean, if he can just be solid, remember the best thing that they did was they sign him for next year instead of the fifth year option. They signed, I think it's like $8 million next year. And the the Packers, you know, the Aaron Rodgers money, I think comes off the books this year. It should allow them to load up their roster and take yet. A, if, if they feel like, well, he's competent, we'll go another year on this thing and, and let's just see. They can build, continue to build a really good roster because their pass rush is outstanding. The wide receiving core continues to be young, some emergence, right? Obviously, Aaron Jones when healthy is a stud. Um, so I, I, I think it's a genius plan, but he's got to be good enough to execute that plan.
3: I, I actually think that you're you saying he doesn't have to be Dak. I think that's a good barometer right now for him. Like, if you get to that status and, again, Quarterbacks, similar skill set. It's not that Jordan Love's going to run, but we saw him run yesterday in a big moment and get 37 yards when the Packers needed it. You know, it's something that Dak could do in college. And if you can make that, if you can, and Dak at times against poor competition is played at an MVP level. I don't think he's the MVP, but I think that's actually a good barometer to see where he's going. Because it's not too different I know Dak was more of a project and was kind of thrust into the situation, but I actually don't think it's a bad comparison if you're looking at goals for Jordan Love.
2: Uh, by the way, yesterday you and Aaron Torres had Jaden Reed on and here on Fox Sports Radio, and he said this about the difference between Jordan Love previously and in recent weeks.
6: I don't think anything's changed. Uh, he, he's always been poised. He's always been neutral, never get too high, never get too low. Like I said, we just develop as a whole, you know. Um, everybody's figuring out their job. Everybody's doing their job better. And, you know, that that's what you're seeing within the offense, within the, the, the development of the team.
2: Here's uh, Jordan Love after the game talking about that first play of the 53-yarder to Christian Watson.
4: I, mean, I think it's just it gives you confidence knowing exactly what you're starting with, knowing that we want to get the ball going um, <clears throat> and take a shot right off the bat, and then obviously to come out there and execute it um, and have a big big game like that was huge.
2: so many teams at first play, they just line up and hand the ball off. You're like, geez, you spent the whole week preparing for that. <laughs> I know. this gets the jitters out. Totally. You just you just wonder if you're going to overthrow it. I'm not sure you can overthrow Christian Watson, but I, I, I'm I'm with you. Like I just. We get the NFL is so well covered, it's overcovered. And on any week you can watch and you can make a determination. Even right now with Jordan Love, based on how they played and with the Lions, you can completely overreact. But you really kind of got to step away from it, the totality. And look, the, the thing with Goodenkunts is this is going to be the defining player of his tenure. Just is. You know, they traded away Aaron Rodgers. Whether Aaron Rodgers would ever play for them or not, again, it doesn't matter. Whether Aaron Rodgers was what percentage of the problem he was, it doesn't matter. They traded away Aaron Rodgers. That really happened. So the guy who they drafted to replace him that upset Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback right now. So Brian Kunikos wants this to happen, wants him to succeed, does not want to... You know, push his way up to drafting in the top five or whatever he does does not. So there is a bias with the decision that they make moving forward. But I, I mean, like, look, you 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 even it up at you know you, you start out the year poorly and you start to win some games, put together a little win streak, win a standalone game on Thanksgiving Day. Now you have kind of the quasi buy. If if you can get into the playoffs, yeah, I I I think it completely changed. Everyone in that front office wins because of it. But I just I'm cautious because man there were, there was like a four week stretch there where he was not good he was not confident and I understand that's the biggest part of the position that you have to have all the requisite skills uh both tangible and intangible but the biggest intangible you need to have is supreme self-confidence and understanding that mistakes are you're gonna screw up and you got to keep dusting yourself off and coming back. I, my, my fear with Jordan love is, what happens when they don 't hit on that fifty three yarder What happens when they get behind? Does he lose that self confidence that he 's suddenly now gained it 's funny because I think that do you believe in signs do you, do you yeah, believe yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I kind of do as well I mean not that like that's like to the crazy point, like oh my God. <laughs> There was oh, a caterpillar. No, on uh, my walk into my house, the <laughs> caterpillar becomes a butterfly. It's a sign spring's going to be amazing. Like not to that extent, but yeah, of
3: course. And I, I don't know if Packer fans would even go along with me on this. Okay, you
2: tell me. I'll do the Packer fan.
3: Okay, uh, the uh, <laughs> we just get my family on the phone. We can have the accent. Also, go, yeah. the uh, the the symbolism of the Rogers Jordan Love replacement. I felt yesterday it was unique because one of the lasting images was last season of Aaron Rodgers week one in Minnesota, first throw first quarter, bomb to Christian Watson and he drops it, surefire touchdown. That's a it, good. That's a good. That's a good memory you got so. right. And and so now Rodgers doesn't trust his rookie wide receivers at times last year, questioned their work ethic we thought that there was maybe a little bit of you know something with Romeo Dobbs but then later on in the year you know Christian Watson kind of broke through yesterday again you know first play out of the gate as you mentioned and Watson catches it and now you hear, you're hearing Jaden Reed say you know after the game like this has all been a process it's not only been a process for Jordan Love it's been a process for those wide receivers as well and the Jaden Reed touchdown that he caught you want to talk about threading the needle? I mean, I think it went through two Lions defenders when it finally hit Reed in, into the end zone, and he was it. Was it.
2: it was that supposed to be like that?
3: I don't know, but it's good for the story. I'll tell you that much. Like that, it was like like what a dime in in that scenario, and for your receiver to to catch that. Those weren't balls though. Packer receivers were catching last season, and and I know Jaden Reed's new, but. Christian Watson seems to be the number 1 there. He makes that catch this year, makes that catch this time around. And so when you're talking about signs and you're talking about things turning around, they're going to have a test with the Chiefs coming up uh, next week on Sunday Night Football. So we're going to really see uh, how well Jordan Love can continue that. It seems like they're coming together. Rashawn Gary had three sacks yesterday. The lack of a defense last year is probably what hurt them more than anything and why they didn't get to the playoffs. I know we focus on that Lions game. But their defense was supposed to be a heck of a lot better than it was a year ago. Now maybe that defense is back to getting after the quarterback and doing things.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it, when, when the quarterback is coming together, everything seems to come together.